Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the 12 Shows of Richard Herring podcast, in which I will be going through the 12 shows I'm doing at the Leicester Square Theatre and uh, giving you little behind-the-scenes interviews, little clips from the shows, uh, any other stuff that comes up, uh, and uh, looking forward to the shows that are coming up next. Uh, I've already done Christ on the Bike. Go back and listen to that one if you've missed that one. Uh, and this, I'm going to be looking at Talking Cock and then giving a little preview of someone like Shogat and Hercules Terrace. Hercules Terrace, the 12 Tasks of Hercules Terrace, is on uh, Friday, the 14th of August, and the... Someone Like Sugar is on the 15th Saturday. They're both at 7pm at the Leicester Square Theatre. You'll probably be able to get tickets on the door. But uh, ticket sales are picking up uh, quite quickly. So uh, it might be worth booking ahead if you want to come to see any of the other shows. Especially the final show, Happy Now, which is on the 12th of September. Currently about half written. It's very, very difficult to get this all done. So let, without further ado, let us listen to what I said before Talking Cock backstage at the Leicester Square Theatre. You rolling? Mm-hmm. Well, here we are, day two, show two. Um, for some reason, it feels like um, this day has been hasn't had as many hours in it as yesterday, where I seem to have a lot of time to go through the show. Even though I got up at five o'clock with my daughter this morning, which may be part of the reason I'm feeling a bit weird. Um, exactly the same thing happened. I thought I'd been through the show enough to know it, and then I realised I'd just done the first half a lot and done not done the second half really at all. And the second half is quite confusing and dangerous, and I think I'm going to make some mistakes today. Uh, I do have a crib sheet, but uh, it's quite confusing. I don't know if I'll be able to read it in time. So we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, it's just very rushed. I got here quite late. Luckily, the show before just finished anyway. And um, I'm tired. I've just eaten my food, and I've eaten both crisps and a popcorn, popcorn bar, which I can't even say popcorn bar, so that's not a good start, uh, which are both very dangerous things to eat 15 minutes before a show. There's 14 minutes to go now to the show. We sold nearly the same. We sold 256 tickets yesterday in total. We're on 240 at the moment, or just a few moments ago, so it might come up to being about the same. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I think these two should be... I was thinking these two were safe in the bank, and this one is a more recent show, and a lot of it really is in there. It's just getting the links and working out what comes next and not jumping through bits. But I do have a slideshow, which is quite helpful, because if I miss any bit, there'll be a slide, and if I can't, don't know where I am, I can look at the next slide. So, um, you know, hopefully it'll be all right, but I am tired. I was going to wear my suit. I don't think I'm going to bother. I'm just going to wear this. Fuck it, George. That's what I say. It's a bit tight, this shirt, but I'll, they just have to enjoy that. Uh, I did wear a cod piece when I first did this show in 2002, uh, but I forgot to bring that in. Could have, could have worn that for old time's sake. It's just struck me. Uh, maybe I'll give that out as a prize to someone at some point. It was, it was it never directly touched my penis. It was like on the outside of my trousers. And I think I wore it upside down. I wore it upside down in the photos. But right, well. Anyway, that's all by the by. We're going to get on with the show. I've got 10 minutes to prepare. Hopefully the first half is okay. Uh, again, I've got to shorten the shows a bit more than I thought because uh, the, the slot is shorter than I anticipated it being. But luckily this show has a couple of bits from Menage Atten in it, which I'll just take out and you'll hear them in Menage Atten. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, let, I'll see you on the other side. See you on the other side, George. It could be a disaster. Nothing really went horrifically wrong, uh, surprisingly. The first half was pretty good. A few little minor glitches, but nothing too much. You can listen to all of these shows for a very small amount of money. I'm putting out the first ten. Uh, we're, we're holding back on uh, Lord of the Dance City, which is now on DVD, and happy now because it's going to be an actual work in proce- progress first show, and I don't want to wreck the tour. But you can hear the other ten. They'll be downloaded, eat, uh, uploaded every 
week in twos and you can download them and listen to them for just £12, which is £1 per show plus VAT. So we're not out to make lots of money here. We'd just like to pay for George's wages uh, and hopefully cover that and uh, you get a chance to listen in if you haven't got a chance to come and down and see the shows. If you can come and see the shows, it'd be lovely if you could go to lessersquaretheatre.com uh, for tickets for that. Uh, just to give you a little taster for people who can't afford £1 per show, here is a little bit of the first half of Talking Cock as it went down last Saturday. For most men, Madame Palmer and her five daughters are never quite enough. We're on a constant search for something more satisfying. I ask men, where have you put your penis... For fun. I, um, I really wish I hadn't asked this question with the benefit of hindsight. Well, what I wish I'd asked is, where haven't you put your penis for fun? We would now be at the interval. This would be it. We would have... Here are a few. The very first person to respond to this questionnaire, seriously, number one on my computer replied, in a vagina. Where else is there? I wish that unimaginative man could read the 7,500 answers that immediately follow his... On my computer, answering that question in what I would say was a little bit too much detail is just a selection for your delectation in a shampoo bottle, in a milk bottle, in a glass of wine. I believe that's what's known in the trade as a coco van. Um, <laughs> don't applaud. Uh, raw steak. Classy. <laughs> got money to spend. Um, <laughs> jelly spooned into a toilet roll. Uh, now, <laughs> I don't know about you, what particularly delights me about that answer is the jelly is very specifically spooned in. Right? You, can't, you can't pour in just before it sets. Don't be ridiculous. The consistency would be all right. You can't, you can't scoop it in with your hands. Come on. You all want to get jelly all over your fingers. <laughs> Spoon in. The more I do this bit, the more I get a very clear mental image of the bloke actually doing this. He works quite methodically, slowly, slightly hunched. He's been doing this for a few years. <laughs> There's a look of anticipation on his face. No, wait, it's frustration. He's been waiting a while for that jelly to set. <laughs> He's going to show that jelly who the daddy is now. In a hoover? Well, of course, in a hoover, we've all done that. That is normal. <laughs> Between the mattress and the metal frame of the bed. Comes up an astonishing amount, I can't tell you. Through a hole in the fence. <laughs> Everybody needs good neighbours, don't they? Uh, various teddy bears as a child. No, various ones, not all of them. Some of them he didn't fancy. And I know. Only the ones he loved. I don't want you going away thinking he's a teddy bear hoys. In my sister-in-law. <laughs> Always one man, very impressed by that. Amongst the disdain. Uh, loo rolls, not very good. Of course not, mate. You forgot to fill them with jelly, do you? That's a, that's a, that's a schoolboy out. With a spoon? Well, you've wrecked that jelly using a ladle. The pieces are too big. I'm going to have to go back and make a whole new batch of whorish jelly. In, top of no in the top of a novelty-shaped bubble bath, it was shaped like the children's character Noddy. <laughs> If that additional information somehow excuses this behaviour. He was staring at me with his big eyes, his bell. What normal man could resist? It's worse than it's a noddy. He's a little boy, leave him alone. Big ears, fair enough. He's over the age of consent. He's into the rough stuff. He loves it, but that's, that's how he got the big ears. In the back of a folding metal chair. Dangerous, not as dangerous as inside a car exhaust pipe. Uh, the car's got to be moving for that to be any kind of fun, right? Uh, 
in a child's buoyancy aid. That's an armband. I'm just hoping to God there wasn't a child in that <laughs> at the time. In a hollowed out cucumber. <laughs> what kind of a world are we living in where a man is so desperate for sexual release, he will hollow out a cucumber. I mean, it's not the strongest of vegetables when it has its filling inside. I mean, presu presumably that man is that man just locked in a room with nothing but a cucumber. That's, that's, because you're locked in a room with a cucumber and you're horny, you're gonna stick that up your ass, so you're not gonna start hollowing out and see if you can fuck it. It's a sick world is the answer to Or maybe his penis was just tired. He thought, I'll reinvigorate my penis. I'll put some cucumber on my penis. That will revitalize my penis. In a fat Irish gingerbread in Benidorm. She'd had a Brazilian that looked like a fish finger. <laughs> I won a bottle of Malibu for that. Who's... Who's handing out bottles of Malibu as a prize for having sex with ginger girls? I'm up for that. That is a win-win situation. Ever I can think of without hurting it, by which I think it means his penis rather than the receptacle, I, I wonder if he'd risk his in a food mixer. Uh, blow up doll, pocket vagina, my hand a snowball. My beagle licked it when I was young. Uh, in the bottom of a vosing bottle, neatly cut off and moulded over the kitchen stove with a little soap for lubricants. That's not one, just chance across that one, is it? You don't, you don't trip and fall onto one of those. That is, that's years of experimentation leading what I'm guessing is the perfect synthesis of the vagina. If that, if that news gets out, ladies, obsolete. Uh, though, uh, buy some shares in vosing, you'll be sitting pretty. Uh, this, this is my favourite one. Under a PlayStation controller with the rumble function switched on. <laughs> whilst driving over the muddy bits on Colin McRae's rally. Uh, I, think, I don't think that's a euphemism. I, let's make that a euphemism. That's, I think that's a fitting tribute to the life of Colin McRae. Uh, um, perhaps most worryingly for me, rubbed against my computer screen whilst filling in this questionnaire. I, uh, <laughs> I could go on, there are thousands more. I'll spare you the terrible details of what I've had to endure on your behalf. I've stared into the abyss, knowing that someone somewhere has definitely tried to put his cock into it. Uh, so, uh... There we go, classic, but there are a couple of little ad-libs in there that I haven't done before, so there's something new even for people who've heard that one many times before. Uh, you can hear the whole show, go to gofasterstroke.com, you can download all of the shows for very little money. Uh, in the second half, I did I, I did pretty well, given that I'd just been learning it all afternoon. Uh, the bit I did forget, which is a nice bit, or I'm sorry, sorry to have forgotten, was the scientific fact is that the average penis is six inches long, the average vagina is also six inches long. It's a match. Most women don't actually enjoy being poked hard in the cervix. Psychologically, some women might like the idea of being filled, but... The truth is, girls, you don't have nerve endings more than three inches inside your vaginas because it would make childbirth too painful rather than the walk in the park that it is at the moment. So more than three inches is a waste, fellas. To be honest, even if you haven't got that, even if you've got less than three inches, it is what you do with it that counts. And then that was the only bit I think that I absolutely forgot. I did flounder around a little bit in the, in the last bit, but... It came out surprisingly crisply. It's a nice show, Talking Cock, and um, it was really nice to do it again. I actually hope I get some opportunities to do both Christ on a Bike and Talking Cock again, because they're, they're lots of fun. But uh, this is my post-match analysis done with George in the dressing room at the Les Square Theatre, where every now and again some men dressed in leotards with hardly any clothes on and with lots of makeup, Transvestite stripper men would come in 
Uh, not because I'd ordered them to do so as part of my post-show rider, but because the next show is some kind of burlesque cabaret that I have to get out of the theatre for. But it's kind of good fun. They come in going, oh, hello, and then they realise it's me. And it's quite funny. But I don't know if that happens during this interview. Let's have a listen and see. Okay. Cool, well, we, we finished the second show, Talking Cock, and uh, I got through it all right. The first half was almost perfect, and the second half I had to look at my notes a couple of times, but basically managed to blast them all way through. So, annoyingly for you, there isn't much in the way of mistakes to listen to. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. The audience were lovely. We had one less person in than last night. We had 255 people in, which is great. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to do that many every time, but it'd be lovely if we could. The ones coming up are... Hercules Terrace and uh, someone like Yogurt, which is doing okay, uh, and uh, those are going to be much harder. So they, in a way, the two they're almost the two easiest. I think Talking Cock might be easier even than doing like what, what we're all going to die, which was had some quite complicated routines in it because Talking Cock has at least the structure of the slides and you know where you're going next, and it's quite easy if you can't remember where you're going next, you can look at the next slide and find out. Uh, and it did that one really was in my mind even after me being slightly worried beforehand that I'd not really had a look at the, the second half, uh, which did come together okay. I tried to listen to it as I was walking on for the second half, the bit that I couldn't remember. Uh, and then when I got there, I just managed to work out what I had, where I had to go. So I'm pretty pleased with that. A really good audience, a bit of a Saturday night audience and a bit uh, boisterous, but uh, they were fun. But nothing much to report other than that's two shows down, ten to go. Uh, the next two weeks are the hard, harder weeks, maybe the next three weeks. And then it starts to get easier again as we get more into the present day. So we'll see how it goes. I better go and start learning the 12 tasks of Hercules Terrace. I've got no time to mess around. Thank you very much. Yes, and talking of which, I am just sitting at my desk now trying to put together uh, the show for Hercules. And I've managed to amazingly locate uh, the slideshow for Hercules. Not only that, I've managed to locate the videos that go into the slideshow. Uh, and I'm just literally looking at them now. I think maybe the uh, the one of the boat race isn't working, but uh, that doesn't matter. It's going to be a tricky one. Looking forward to these shows. So Friday is the 12 tasks of Hercules Terrace. This is the show that I've done least. I did, I did about 10 previews. I did Edinburgh for 20 shows, and then I think I toured and maybe did 20 shows. And that was back in 2004, 2005. None of the stuff in this show became stand-up material. It's literally having to, like, going back and having to learn a new show, and I hardly started. It's Tuesday today. Um, it's a very important show in my canon in that it's the one that convinced me... Well, it sort of changed my life in a lot of ways. I, I didn't really enjoy doing it in Edinburgh very much. I was at the Pod Deco, which is a new venue. I've been given favourable commission, uh, favourable uh, percentage of the take... But it was just a little bit too far up the road from the other venues. I think nowadays it would be fine because Edinburgh is sprawling out ever. And it was a beautiful venue. It was in a cinema. It was air-conditioned. And uh, just people weren't prepared to make the trip up there. Me and Jenny Claire got some audiences occasionally with a few people in. But most people were selling one or two tickets. It was a really depressing place. But it had a beautiful bar. It closed down afterwards. And I think the last time I looked it was still boarded up 10 years on. So it was... And I was trying to fit this show into an hour and also I'd literally just finished the task so I was doing all these different 12 tasks working up to August uh, I was doing CMPS uh, and trying to complete the final few tasks in late July so I was literally writing the show as I was doing it it started in early August maybe five days into August I think if memory serves me right um, so it was a messy show to begin with it was very difficult to get those 12 tasks into 60 minutes 
On tour, it was a bit better. I had two hours and was able to tell the story a bit more elegantly and in the end enjoyed that show on tour. Uh, but here in the Leicester Square Theatre, I'll have to get it back down to sort of 90 minutes. Um, but I'm excited to have found the slides. Uh, and I think the thing with this, I can tell the story. I can tell different bits of the stories as well, maybe. Um, it's it's a fun show and it's a, it's a moving show. It's about me breaking up with my girlfriend and then and going a bit crazy trying to come to terms with where my career was at and doing 12 insane well not all of them were insane but some many insane things um and one of the which was trying to see all the number plates in consecutive order from zero to from one to one to 999 um running marathons date 50 women in 50 days so it's going to be interesting to see what I choose to put in the show. But it was an important show for me, I guess, in that I took on some challenges. I did things like parachute jumping I would never do. Even dating 50 women in 50 days. I was talking to someone about this in the pub last night. And it was I was quite a shy, uh, slaggy person in that I would get off with people if they made a play on me or if I was very drunk in a bar. But I was very bad at asking people out and very shy about asking people out. And I was forced to ask out 50 people, sometimes true friends. Uh, but it was a great way of meeting people and without any pressure on you to have, you know, it wasn't necessarily even meant to be a romantic date, it was just a date. Uh, but romance did blossom quite a few times. Uh, it was very confusing for me. Uh, and maybe one day I'll talk about it in greater detail. There's a little bit in What Is Love Anyway about uh, uh, something that happened. Uh, but uh, I may, I'm not sure I'm going to relearn all the dates, but I've, I've, I've realised I do have the pictures now in the slideshow, so I can do that. Um, anyway, so that's it, what it did. I got to the end of that show and... To be honest, when I started doing stand-up in 1989, 1990, I had not liked it. I thought I wanted to do stuff with other people. The stuff with Stu started taking off on the radio, and I thought I'm better at work with the people at college. I'd done very well doing sketch shows. I'd uh, been sort of seen as one of the, you know, got an Oxford Review and been one of the one of the better people at doing sketches and stuff. And then I come to London and everything was about stand-up, and I, I didn't like stand-up, and I convinced myself that I could only really work with other people. So I worked in the double act. I did plays and sketches and that sort of thing in Edinburgh. Uh, and even with Christ of the Bike and Talking Cock, I saw them as theatrical shows. I didn't see them as stand-up shows, even though it was terrifying being on stage on my own that first time with Christ on the Bike. Um, but doing all these crazy challenges with the 12 Tasks of Hercules Terrace, A, it made me a bit more open to taking on other things in my life. It made me realise I shouldn't be sitting in my house on my own playing Yahtzee or whatever else I was doing. And although I still do that quite a lot... Uh, it made me think, why am I not doing stand-up? Why am I scared of this so I can do all these other challenges? Maybe I should go back to doing stand-up too. And I was scared of it. I, I, I really didn't, hadn't enjoyed doing stand-up. I'd really convinced myself I was no good at it. And so, nicely, as quite a lot of these shows do, uh, The Twelve Tasks of Hercules led on to me taking on a 13th challenge, which was to get back into doing stand-up. Um, initially, just doing bits of talking cock in little clubs. I remember did a club, and I think one of the first clubs I did was uh, the Happy Mondays Club. Uh, New Cross, uh, Matthew Crosby was uh, one of the other acts on, very young Matthew Crosby, this was in 2004, 2005, uh, and uh, and I just did some, some cock jokes from Talking Cock and tried to work my way up, some old Lee and Herring jokes that occasionally still crop up in my solo sets. Um, but yeah, so it made me push myself to do that and I think push myself to be a, you know a bit smarter enough I did uh, uh, meet one of my 50 dates that I did end up going out with for a year uh, number 47 I think it was I can't remember now <laughs> I should know a name but it's gone uh, and uh, you know that did make me a lot more uh, sociable I think as well that once I'd done that once I was became single again I kind of realized it is pretty easy to date so uh, 
it's 50 dates in 50 days is too many uh, if anyone's wanting dating tips but why not just say I'm going to go on seven dates in seven nights uh, and ask your friends and tell your friends what you're doing and just then go out with anyone who's single uh, try to make them single you know it doesn't matter it's up to you if you want to go out with people who are in relationships that's up to you but it's insane so it led to someone like yogurt and someone like yogurt was a weird show because having not having the first time I'd done stand up alone I'd uh, in 1989 I'd been very conscious of either trying to please the the people booking so I'd try and do something that I thought they would understand so patronisingly uh, or you know doing something that I thought was worthy and that, so I'd either do these gigs that were too were sort of caught between two stalls I suppose they were trying to be avant-garde but also trying to get rebooked and I didn't get rebooked very much as a result I think I was a bit unlucky I did lots of fairly good gigs in that early stage but Often the promoter wasn't in that night and would come see it the second night when I would do badly or whatever. But it, it wasn't my forte. But on this time, 2004, 2005, I decided to just go out and do the stuff that I thought was amusing. Having started writing a blog, I had kind of lots of half ideas of stuff. And I suppose the blog, in combination with the stand-up, uh, was what sort of pushed me in this new direction of more personal shows about my life uh, and... Um, and also gave me a wealth of material when someone like Shogget itself came from a blog. And I remember sitting down to write that day and not remembering anything, having nothing, which often happens, nothing amusing to write about from the whole day. And uh, then I suddenly remember this incident of the woman saying someone like Shogget and, and feeling affronted because I was only buying nine yogurts. Wrote a, uh, wrote a blog about it and that led... It was one of those blogs that lots of people then, oh, I love that blog, the yogurt blog. So I kind of knew I was, I suppose I knew I was onto something. Uh, sorry, that's my email, not yours. Uh, and uh, so's that. Uh, and <laughs> uh, I'll turn off that one there. That one won't at least make a sound. Um, and so that was helpful. But then I ended up doing these very esoteric stuff. And, the, and I've been previewing uh, someone like yogurt. I haven't really tried to do Hercules yet, which I'm a bit terrified about. But someone's like someone like Yogurt last night went to a club and did most of it. Uh, I'm, I, again, that's where theatre I'm going to have to cut down the first half, which I don't think is a bad thing because it's a very long first half. I I'm kind of admire the audiences who sat through this show the first time around, certainly on tour, because it's just relentless. Uh, and uh, just by the point where you'd want to go to the toilet, I think about 45 minutes is a good length for a half. Uh, then you pass, you get into... <laughs> pass, uh, apologies. You get into... Um, you get into something else and then I get into the Pope thing and the Pope thing goes on forever. So I think it's going to be pretty much something like Joggart, but I'm just going to do the Pope letter and not much of the other Pope stuff, which just is unbelievable, the, the amount it goes on. I mean, I sort of respect myself and hate myself for what I was doing there because I was deliberately trying to antagonise the audience, as the someone like Joggart routine is, is basically an example of. But given that there's four routines like that in the show, it's, it's, it's probably a little bit of overkill. Um, so maybe an edited version of the show won't be a disaster. But because I was going out, I just decided I would do what I thought was funny. And something like someone like yogurt, I went out doing this long talk about yogurt, about nine yogurts and how many yogurts a day I would have. And obviously on Saturday night in a club in Lincoln or Hitchin, people would get quite angry with me. And then that became obviously part of the routine, the way that it divided the audience in a similar way. I think it was a Lee and Herring trope. I mean, I think Stu has done uh, similar stuff. I don't know if it was subsequently or before, but I don't think it was influenced by this routine. Uh, as with many of our things, I think uh, we we started, we had a starting point where we were doing stuff together and then we developed some differently, some similarly. Uh, I think in the end, someone like Yogurt came at a time where Stu was just breaking through and someone like Yogurt 
got some got some good reviews, but got some very bad reviews. Luckily, one of them quite a long time afterwards at Christmas, uh, Christmas the Daily Telegraph worst comedy experience of 2005, came out on Christmas, and I was looking. At, I remember looking at Chortle, and I saw oh, these are the best and worst of the 2005 from from the Telegraph. I won't be ending on that. So I was sort of astonished to see myself, my name coming up, and the worst. It was just Christmas Eve, I think. Uh, and just for a second, my heart fell in my mouth, and I was just devastated for a second. Then I realised it's not that bad a thing. It's the Daily Telegraph, and also I think he was wrong because this show, whatever you think about it, you can see it has some comedic worth. It's really pushing back boundaries. It may succeed, it may fail. Sometimes in Edinburgh, I guess that there were some duff nights uh, where the audience really didn't get on board. But it is the best-selling DVD of any ones I've done. So obviously, either the fans like it or. Just after they heard this thing, decided never to buy any of my DVDs again, which might be, which might be the case. But uh, yeah, it's it's sort of an exciting. So I ended up doing these this long routine about yoga, and then it would become about the audience reaction to that. Uh, and Ben were very angry. They would shout things at me. Mainly, stop talking about yoga. That was the main thing they shouted. Uh, but it becomes comes this kind of interesting forty minute routine about the tedium, about an audience reaction to uh, a piece. Uh, and you know, and what was genuinely interesting, I think, is, is incorporating the routine, which might not have happened so well in a show, which is many people who are fans coming to see the show, um, is that I would say to the people who weren't enjoying it, you can make it stop just by pretending to enjoy it, that the laughter will kill the routine, and they would refuse to laugh, even though they knew that that would end it, as a matter of pride, which I think is is interesting. So there's loads of great stuff in this Summer Light Sugar. I'm really looking forward to doing it again. I think I've pretty much got it. I mean, it's going to take another day of so is really kind of getting, just linking up the routine. The yoghurt routine itself is is difficult because it's mainly about every other word is yoghurt and so it's quite hard to remember where you are. Um, but I think I'll get there and the, the first half routine's not totally solid but pretty solid. Um, again, I'm not sure I would do all of those. The, the monkey fucking one certainly doesn't chime with the present day um, attitudes towards uh, joking about certain subjects, but it's so stupid, and I think that's what the point is. That I, it's a, such a stupid way of looking at at a subject that I, th- I think that's the point of it. I, it's hard for me to defend it entirely. I don't love it, but then again, it, as with most of this Summer Light Sugar show, there's a there's something in there that I just think, wow, that that whatever I was, thirty seven year old young man uh, he's uh, you know he's angry about stuff he's angry about maybe his career he's angry about comedy and he's just going to decide to do exactly what he wants and and that attitude is what led to me doing stand up and what led to I suppose all the the podcasts that were to come you know that so I owe that young man quite a lot though I don't know if I would do exactly what he does now and maybe I'm worse for it maybe I'm better for it I don't know I kind of look at it and go with, the, with these next few shows where there's quite a lot of stuff that's deliberately just trying to annoy people, either through tedium or through being offensive, I kind of wonder whether he was onto something, whether the slightly softer version of me that comes afterwards uh, has lost something. But it's interesting because those first three shows, Christ of Mike, Talking Cock and The Twelve Tasks of Hercules Terrace, are all quite come from quite a gentle and nice place. And then for the next few shows, it gets a little bit harsher and a little bit more nihilistic and angry, uh, as I suppose I was. So I'm really looking forward to doing these shows. I really, I mean, obviously you can listen to them uh, on downloads as audios. If you can't get to the theatre, go to gofaststrike.com. It's right at the top there. Just click on that and you just pay £12. You'll get those 10 shows delivered to you as they're ready. Um, 
again, a pound a show plus VAT. It's not really asking too much, I don't think. Really just trying to cover our costs, as always. And um, Or if you can come to see the shows at the Leicester Square Theatre, that would be terrific. Go to theleicestersquaretheatre.com. If you can't remember that, just go to richtownie.com slash gigs, and you can click on the links there. There's still opportunities to get discounts for three and over three and over six shows if you want to come to more than one. You know, it's felt like a really nice idea so far. I'm really glad I'm doing it, even though I think I will start to regret it increasingly as the weeks go by. It's really interesting to go back. It's really interesting to give these shows one last one last spin. And, you know, I'm not saying I'll never do them again, but I probably won't. And it's really, there's a celebratory mood and the audiences, of course, are being uh, quite encouraging, I think. And understanding what I'm doing is quite hard. And I'm genuinely surprised about how well they're coming out considering what I'm doing. Um, and there's, you know, there's a part of me thinks, well, why don't we try and do more runs of these shows? And maybe at some point I will, but it's nice that I can relearn them and have them all in there. So come and see on Friday, Tothas of Fergley's Terrace, Saturday, Someone Like Shoggart. Coming up beyond that, Menage and Oh Fuck I'm 40 the next weekend, the weekend after that, Head, head, headmaster Son and Hitler Moustache. I think that might be the hardest weekend to learn. And then hopefully into the home straight with What Is Love Anyway. Currently selling the worst. I think it's my best show. Uh, that is the only show, I think, with under 100 tickets sold at the moment. But there's plenty of time to sell tickets. But come to that one. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, I genuinely think that's my favourite show of all of them. Uh, we're All Going to Die. And then Lord of the Dance City. And Happy Now, which God knows when I'll get any chance to write that show. But I think that might be part of it. I was thinking last night that maybe that's kind of quite apt that uh, it might be a bit of a messy show because it's about whether work is more important than my family. And, I mean, there's a lot of dichotomies within that because part of the reason I'm not able to write the show is because I'm working so hard, but also partly I want to spend more time with my family. So, you know, I might make I might try and make something out of its half-arsedness, at least for this first performance, uh, and make out, and correctly make out that that is part of what I'm doing. Anyway, that's half an hour of stuff again. I don't believe, I can't believe I've done that. Thanks for listening. Sorry it's a bit boring. Come and see the show. If you can't come and see the show, or even if you can, download from gofasterstripe.com. If you just want to make a contribution, you don't want to listen to these, if this podcast is enough for you, go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges, and you can make a one-off or monthly contribution and help us make more internet stuff. Uh, There are more Rahalastabas coming in in September onwards on Sundays at four, if you want to go to Les Square Theatre and website and book for those but if you want to carry and join the stuff for free look at me i'm putting in little clips and all sorts for you so i'm a nice guy At the end of the day i'm a nice, you're lucky to have me all right fuck off bye <laughs>